All right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest. It's another edition of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy coming at you live from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Zach Bondurant, joining me from beautiful Chandler, Arizona, where, uh, Zach, we hit uh, day number 35 of 110 degrees plus. So, as I told you yesterday, welcome to the heat. Uh, Just keep bringing the heat, right? Yeah, I mean, as long as it doesn't melt the ice, we're good. (laughs) Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't that be so 2020 for the heat in Arizona to melt the ice? Oh, goodness. Uh, well, yeah. now it's we've had enough. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, we have, uh, my friend. We today I was uh, somewhat lost because there was no hockey on TV, and I was going like, "What am I going to watch?" So I was forced to put the Diamondbacks on, and I've got them on right now as we get ready for the show. But um, where do we start? Right? I mean, what a great week! What a great nine days of hockey that we were able to talk about. Um, the NHL is back. They're doing everything right. Another uh, week with no COVID-19 positive tests, which is uh, fantastic. Um, we now know the teams and uh, the pairings and who's going to be playing who. We also know the number one seed in the West went to uh, Vegas and the number one seed in the East went to Philadelphia. So um, we're going to be joined here in just a minute by uh, – my Tuesday night co-host for a few minutes, uh, Paul Hornstein. And then just a few minutes after that, we're going to bring on uh, for his third show because he's, he's, he's like our good luck charm, right? So we can't, uh, we can't not have Steve Potvin on when we're talking Coyotes hockey. So he'll join us here shortly, but um, your thoughts, Zach, on uh, just the way everything fell into place uh, with Columbus winning late last night to get, get that final seed that was up for grabs in the East. Um, I mean, I think uh, I think they played really hard to get to where they're at, and um, I'm actually I'm very excited to see what they do um, against Tampa. And man, it, it that's a very interesting team. They they've got some young guys. They've got a, a real young center and Pierre Luc Dubois and uh, goalie core that's pretty up and coming. So, and of course, Torts just being John Tortorella and I, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see how they do. And uh, I think everything kind of played out to show us uh, a good round of hockey uh, with some possible upsets. Okay. So we know the teams are in now. We, uh, if you go to our website or go anywhere that you want to go, look, I guess you can see everything. Uh, we made our picks. We're going to put those out tomorrow about noon. So everybody can see who we think is going to win. But right now, I want to bring in our co-host from uh, Tuesday night, uh, our College Hockey Southwest weekly co-host, Paul Hornstein, because something happened today. It wasn't uh, hockey on the ice. It was hockey in the uh, headquarters. The NHL uh, supplemental draft phase two was done today, and we now know who holds the number one pick. So, Paul Hornstein, how are you? Rigged. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so so before we go any farther on that note, I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, during the uh, the dropping of the ping pong balls and the confirming them, the uh, <laughs> the guy from Ernst and Young dropped the uh, Rangers ping pong yeah. ball before before he showed it to uh, the commissioner. Um, was it cold? Maybe <laughs> Patrick Ewing part two. <laughs> oh, okay, man, so man. so if you haven't figured it out by now, folks, it is a uh, the number one pick went to the New York Rangers today. Um, Paul, since we brought you on for for just a few minutes tonight, I want you to give us your impact. You're uh, on Long Island, so uh, what's it, what's the talk been like uh, for for that team you don't like too well? Uh, we ignore teams that are not in the playoffs, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, spoken like a true true New Yorker. <laughs> uh, you know, so, the so, Knicks, so the Knicks just so, don't exist in, at all then, right? Um, <laughs> honestly, Zach, I've not watched an NBA game since 1993. Okay, oh, my yeah, so, so the Knicks don't exist. So <laughs> no, I, does, <laughs> the NBA doesn't exist to Paul yeah, either. This is, this, is, this, is the, this is the truth. 
um, when, uh, and this is a name that people might remember, they might not, when uh, Drazen Petrovic uh, was killed in a car accident, I, that was the last time I watched the NBA. It's, it's honestly, you couldn't put together 48 minutes of the amount of highlights or game action or any of it that I've seen since that point. It's just doesn't have my interest at all um, at this point. And part of this is anybody out there that's married knows that sometimes you have to give things up. Um, and when I got to that point in my life, basketball, even the college game, for the most part, uh, I haven't watched either in years outside of ASU. So uh, I that's what Fair I enough. chose to give up. And, uh, you know, and that's, so that's, you know, that was the choice that I made, but, and my friends make fun of me all the time for it. I'm, okay. Okay. So Zach, your thoughts on the, uh, the draft lottery and, and the way things played out, there were eight teams that had a shot at that number one equal, they say equal opportunity to get that pick, uh, your thoughts. Uh, I'm glad it went to a team who could genuinely use a player to start rebuilding the franchise. I mean, well, even if you look at it too, the Avs had the num- were supposed to have the number one overall pick. Uh, was that two years ago? A year ago? I don't remember. But then New Jersey and New York jumped up, and the Rangers jumped up and got one, too. If you want to go the conspiracy route, which I was more of a conspiracy theorist that year because my team didn't have the number one all pick and dropped a four, um, if you look at it, the NHL would want to put money into the big team mark, the big market teams, which would be perfect because now you just got a number one and a number two pick going to crosstown rivals. So it could be a conspiracy theory, but at least the NHL is putting players where they need to go. Um, And it'll be interesting. It also is going to create a lot of interesting things down the road where what do you do with Capo Caco or Lafreniere? If one of them doesn't necessarily work out, you can flip them and move them. And, um, I don't know. This is one of my favorite parts uh, of hockey is trying to figure out the business aspect of everything. And I mean, as we all know, it just cause he's a number one overall pick does not mean he's going to hit. Um, uh, was it Stefan Patrick Stefan? We all know how that one went. So uh, he still has to, he still has to play. So um, we'll see. It's, you can find those diamonds in the rough that are in the sixth round. So um, it's just the number one overall pick, and the player has to do the right thing to make a good career. Well, listen, Zach, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong, but that's boring. <laughs> Scott, Scott, <laughs> Scott didn't ask me to come on tonight uh, because, because I'm going to sit there and say, yeah, oh, well, this is the way it goes, and uh, you know, somebody has to play the villain, right? Somebody has to be the bad guy. Somebody has to be uh, the contrarian. And that's my we're, we're developing our, our on-air personalities. Scott is the ref. You are the, the loose, the, the wild guns of the West. And I'm the very, I, I'm, the, I'm the congressman, the very diplomatic person. Which, of course, is crazy because I'm in the East. But, but uh, it's not a matter of boring. But, you know, that's a, if, 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 if you wanted me to just sit here and say, how, how am I supposed to analyze ping pong balls? Okay, yeah. you know, there was a 50-50 shot that uh, I was not going to be happy with the way this turned out. You know, I would. So let me ask you, I, who, where would you have been happy he had gone? Where do you think? Not where, Pittsburgh. What were the teams? Okay, so no, I, I it's not Pittsburgh, not Edmonton. <laughs> same page. Uh, okay. Um, it, who the heck was the third team now? Not the, not the uh, Rangers. Um, the Leafs, uh, probably. Oh, yeah, the, those, them, the Lopes, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. So generally, all of my picks where I would have been good were the same as yours picks. So it's, yeah, I think everyone was feeling that way. And yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, I guess it's just the way that falls, but who knows? <laughs> so, but, so you guys have both gotten that out now. Was there, 
Zach's already thrown out that he likes the fact that he ended up on a team that needed his, needed his services. Paul, is there a place that you would like to have seen the number one pick go? Well, if you're asking me, it, all things being equal, just based on – and you could look at it two ways. If you looked at the teams that were eligible for these in, in these eight spots – wouldn't the Florida Panthers have been the team that was that could use him the most, just in terms of the spotlight? Out of those eight, yeah. Okay, I mean, you could have you would have people saying, For "Oh, sure, he's just yeah. going to get wasted away and forgotten in, in that market." But uh, at the same time, if he's that dynamic and that much of a sure thing, okay, wouldn't that really be the team that needed him the most in terms of? Off the ice, not necessarily on the ice. Yeah, you make a good point. You right. Really I mean, Florida's point. got some good players. Um, they were a better team than Detroit was, and they had, like, the worst record in the league this year. Um, and I know there's a lot of fans that are happy about that after the Red Wings went, like, 20 years without missing the playoffs. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right, Minnesota guy? Um, <laughs> uh, no comment. Yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, you know, would he have been celebrated in, in a place like Minnesota? Or, you know, maybe Nashville getting a little old in the tooth? Could he use that jolt in in terms of uh, the off-ice stuff once again? But I, I think most fans of 30, 27 other teams <laughs> – <laughs> would have been like Paul doing math have, on the air, doing math on the air, <laughs> trying to do math on the air. Um, wouldn't the fans of those twenty-seven other teams piled? We're sick of Edmonton getting number one picks. We're sick of Pittsburgh uh, getting those quote-unquote generational players. And everybody hates Toronto except Toronto fans. So. Well, we got a guy coming on here in a few minutes that's uh, that, that's going to tell you something about Toronto. So, <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break and let's come back with our uh, special guest who we have to have back on because we're not going to jinx anything for the Arizona Coyotes. We'll uh, have Steve Potman join us in about two minutes. Ask any hockey player in the desert Southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing: we love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with Summer Skates. Officially licensed Summer Skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your Summer Skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. 
M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your prime with M-Drive. All right, welcome back in to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Zach Bondaren from Chandler, Arizona. We still got my uh, Tuesday night co-host with me in uh, Paul Hornstein. And it's my pleasure right now to uh, bring him back for a special encore because I told him that we're not going to mess with fate. We're not going to mess with jinx and anything. So welcome back to the show, Steve Potvin, the assistant coach for the uh, Tucson Roadrunners. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Looking forward to the next series. I'm glad yeah, that, I bet you that you've turned superstitious on me. I like it. <laughs> uh, Got to keep okay, these guys so, rolling, whatever it takes. <laughs> so you've had your battles with Zach so far. Uh, and let me introduce you to Paul Hornstein, who's from Long Island, New York, and the biggest Islander fan that probably ever existed. So Paul Hornstein, Steve Potvin, um, I'm going to let Paul throw a couple of questions if he's got any for you, Steve, before he goes, because he just wanted to jump on and, and rant a little bit about the, uh, the NHL supplemental draft lottery. I, I didn't have my facts straight the last time Zach and I spoke, so <laughs> I'm a little concerned I don't have all of my data ready for, for the New York Islander questions, but uh, well, yeah, I'd love, love, to hear, love to hear what Paul has to say. Well, listen, listen Steve, the, the, first, the first thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, and, and – and I don't think there are any more athletes that are more superstitious than hockey players. I mean, they start their habits when they're, what, six, seven, eight years old, and, and they carry them on until they stop playing, and even after then, when they play rec league, they do the same thing. It's, it's hilarious how much it, it's actually – after I've retired, it actually keeps going with my personal life. <laughs> you know, hey, we had a good day today, honey. Why don't you take out the garbage again? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, no, that, you that know? has nothing to do with superstition, though. <laughs> well, I felt like today was a win, so I think she's got to do the – you know, at least, at least her part to keep the days going. Uh, um, yeah, no, I – listen, I didn't – Really, come on here with 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 a whole bunch of questions. To be honest with you, I just you know Scott wanted me to come on and rant a little bit about the way the lottery turned out today, <laughs> and uh, I said, all right, I'll come on. I'll stay on a few minutes. I'll introduce myself or have you introduce me to Steve, and and we'll go from there. Um, you know, I, I don't think that uh, you know the. I'm looking forward to, as I told Scott, that the one series that I think in the West that could end up in an upset is the Coyote series because of the goaltending. But that doesn't really take a genius to figure out, right? No. And you know what? If you look at – you're right. The goaltending aspect is a major factor for us. He's been unbelievable. I think he would have had a chance at being the MVP. And, you know, like I, I think the the further you go – with with a unit of five and a full roster, you know, we we discussed this the last time we we're on the show. If our if our four lines come up strong, and they're able to you know sustain a lot of the pressure and, and almost like that rope a dope we saw against Nashville, <laughs> I mean, it it can play it could play a real factor on the other team's mind. I mean, we're throwing teams are throwing everything at us and they can't get it through, and then we go down and we have two or three scoring chances and we score. You know that that that. I mean, it as the series goes on, it can it can be such a mental factor. I mean, it it can it can definitely turn turn the series for you. Well, Steve, you would be able to explain to people better uh, in that series against Nashville. Uh, Darcy Kemper had about a nine fifty save percentage, and uh, even the top uh, season long percentages is nine twenty. Sometimes you get close to 930. 950 is almost uh, unfathomable. It's unheard of. Yeah, unheard of. Uh, you know, the pucks that were going through them too, I mean, some of the shots that Arvidsson was taking, I mean, those were above elite shots and found a new – complete new respect for that player. He can, he can rip it. But aside from that, the pucks that were going in on him were tipped or they're off skates. They were going around him, not through him. And that's always a great sign. As long as the pucks are – the ones that are going in, if they're going around them, you can live with. The ones that go through you are a little bit more difficult to, to kind of swallow. But, 
uh, he, he yeah, certainly can, gives us confidence. It's it's amazing to watch. We kind of saw some of that last night in the uh, game five that uh, that happened. Anderson. Yeah, and, and and oh yeah, that didn't take them out of the game at that point. There was, uh, the, I, it, considering a teams through both teams had blown three goal leads in the series to lose games. You don't expect that to happen a, a third time in a row, but uh, uh, yeah, that was. You know, when you, uh, there's, as you know, uh, especially being on the bench, what kind of a difference in mental uh, situations that is when you're only down one as opposed to down two, especially late in the game. Hundred percent. I, I think you're about to say you still need to score a goal to win the game, right? Yeah. But at that at that point, when you see something like that happen, it just it takes the winds out of your sail. But the other thing, just to kind of piggyback on that question, I love what Tortorella said after uh, game four when they lost and they gave up those three goals with four minutes left. He still felt that, hey, momentum is still on our side. Oh, yeah, that's great. Right? And and really, like, if you think about it, what did they do? They outplayed us for four minutes. They got some goals. Like, honestly, it's a bigger mental challenge, I feel, from the Leaf standpoint because – the longer the game goes one nothing in the back of their minds they still feel like oh we got lots of time we've done it before we'll we'll just we'll just keep going the way we are we'll, we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there it's kind of like a, a false you know positive where you 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 feel like there's still more time and then you know columbus just keeps applying the pressure and keep coming keep coming and toronto it just seemed like they weren't really getting to the inside much they had they created a lot of offense or possession time it just i don't you guys can tell me different but i felt like they could have funneled pucks more to the net and try to get to the blue paint. And it just felt like they kept to the outside. And, and you're right, Paul, when you say like a goal, you see a goal like that go in, it does take the wins out of yourself for sure. And, and I'm sure the coach was, you know, was trying to reserve a lot of his body language. Cause I'm sure he wanted to, Oh, he, he wanted to show a little bit, a little you know, dark side. You know, even if, if, if you've never done it, if you, if you've never coached and I don't care what level you're at, and, and I don't care what the sport is. If you've never coached, you uh, you don't have the first idea of how hard it is to control your emotions like that around your team. Uh, that it's it's unbelievably hard, and 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 especially at that level. Even though these guys are professionals, uh, you you've seen it on both ends, Steve. Uh, it's important that the coach basically has no reaction to anything ever. It, it is it is amazing. It's it's hard sometimes not to be not to show your emotion because the, your players are you're right they're going to go as you go. So if you're showing the emotion and you let it you know piss you off or excuse me I'm not sure if we're allowed to say that you're allowed to say <laughs> you can say whatever you want. You know, People have said worse. <laughs> You know, energy can be shifted so quickly, and you just want to make sure that the energy shifts right away, that their mindset is, you know, right back to the attack mindset. And, you know, and if you're showing the negative energy and emotions, then they'll show it. And it's easy for them to get down or pissed or, you know, and they could, they could, uh, their next shift could be completely uh, negative and, and, and not uh, constructive at all. So you're right. Not showing the, you know, the proper emotion could really hurt your team if you're standing back there. All right. Uh, so, Steve, thanks, I want to ask you a little bit. Uh, yeah, thanks, Paul. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Steve, I want to ask you a, uh, a couple of questions uh, about the uh, Coyotes' win in the qualifying round. Uh, I sent you a text message, and I said, two guys I was extremely happy for were Grabs and, um, and Brad Richardson because both of them have faced a lot of adversity. You know it as well as anybody, and for them to uh, – to, to play the entire series and do what they did, I thought was incredible. Uh, so that's part one. I want to get your thoughts on that. And then secondly is I want to get your thoughts on uh, just the job that, that Tip did and, and the lineup did uh, after giving up a goal with 31 seconds when you're, you're thinking you're going to lock it up and then to be able to come right back out in the first five minutes or so of the overtime and get the win. So let's talk about those two guys first and then go on to uh, – to the, the that wrap up goal or the game uh, series winning yeah, goal. Yeah, and, and I, I love you know Paul alluded to you know not when you're when you're coaching and you're you're with these guys often and you see them go through it and then you see them you know go through the injury first 
and you, you, you know, you're hurting with them. And then you, there's so much time that goes by that they're not around the boys. They're just with the training staff. And then, you know, six weeks in later, then they start to, you know, maybe jump back on the ice. And then from there, it's still a process and it's, it's so day to day. It's unbelievable. And it's, so long when you're actually involved and you're seeing them every day. And, you know, obviously I didn't, I didn't have that, uh, that opportunity to skate, uh, you know, grabs or, or Richie, but knowing what it, what it's like to be with players that are injured and you're working through it and you're seeing their pain and you're seeing, you know, their day-to-day improvements. And now you see a, a glimmer of hope and then you come back on the ice and your game isn't quite what it was right away. And then it takes a little bit longer. And then, you know what, you've worked so hard to get back in the lineup, something else starts to ail and hurt. And then, you know, it brings your game <laughs> back again. And you're like, you're living through with them. Like keep motivating them keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. And then you see them have success. You, you just, it, it is honestly the best feeling in the world. And I know you guys uh, watching from afar feel the same way about them. But when, when you're, when you're able to skate with some of these injured guys and uh, see what they go through on a day to day and then try to get back in the lineup and, performing at their best is, is pretty, is, is pretty special actually. And to see them have the type of series that they had, it's unbelievable. And you really need these guys. To, those are the guys that are, are difference makers. They're the guys that are going to propel you and steal you some games. Your stars can't do it all the time. So it was, it was awesome for the team and uh, for them on a personal level. Uh, and, and the question with, with uh, our coaching staff, I mean, you know, it, they, they just, they've been pushing the right buttons. I felt like uh, the lineup changes that they made and, you know, the the, the time, of, time of games they were putting the, the players out on the ice, it just looked like it was a, a unit of four lines and uh, 3D pairings and, and, a D, and a goalie that were all in. And it, it started to cycle so freely and, and smoothly at, at the end of it, that it, it uh, we, you could see we got better as we went along. You know, we started matching some of the energy and some of the scoring chances. I mean, early on in the games, I think it was a little bit tilted, but you could see as the game went on, we started to, to kind of fire on all cylinders. Okay, I'm going to fire one more at you, and then Zach's going to... Uh... <laughs> Zach's going to jump in with the questions uh, regarding the <laughs> upcoming series with uh, the Avalanche. So... Um... So you get through it all, and I've been talking about, you know, playoff hockey, we all know it's great goaltending first, and then it's special teams. But uh, when I look at the teams that are having success, and you can probably uh, answer to this better than anybody, but it, the development of that third and fourth line, and I saw it in our teams in the West. I saw, you know, the third and fourth lines of the Coyotes. Uh, if they didn't score, they held serve, if you will, or they, they held off the other the other top lines. Same thing happened up in Vegas. Their uh, third and fourth lines were dominant. Uh, how important is that for future success in the playoffs? You know what? Totally. You see it with, with Edmonton. You know, I think the last game, uh, I think Dreisaitl had 25 minutes and McDavid had 26. And I realized they were down a goal, so they needed to play those guys a lot more. And, you know, that's what you need to do. But on a night tonight, uh, you know, you know, we should see those guys playing 18 to 20 minutes and, you know, your third and fourth line taking eight to 10 minutes and up to, you know, 14 minutes sometimes of ice time. Th- those guys are your sandpaper and those guys are willing to go to the dirty areas. Those guys are the guys that are going to really create the energy and the momentum that you need. They're going to win you key faceoffs. Not that the star players can't do it. Those guys do it also. But y- you also have to have that that minutia, that, that chemistry, you need four lines feeling like they're involved and they're part of it. And if they, if you're coaching your bottom half, your bottom half is going to propel you and, and it's going to be a really good feeling and everybody's going to feel a part of it. So it, it's so important to, you know, to create energy, to, to, to just take energy away from the other team. You need those four lines to be, to be, to be firing. No doubt about it. Hey, Steve. All right, Zach. So, yeah, so thanks for coming back on the show. We're going to continue on with that good luck charm that you're, <laughs> that you're bringing the Yotes. Um, so, so the Coyotes and the Avs played uh, two times this year before everything kind of got paused. Um, the first matchup was a 3-2 win 
for the Avalanche in overtime. And Pavel Francouz played in that game and Ranta played in that game for the Coyotes. Then the next matchup, the Coyotes beat them at home three to nothing. And Francouz again played, but then Kemper was in net for you. Um, how is that? So the Coyotes had seen Francouz both times uh, that they've played the Avalanche. Now, presumably, uh, Grubauer is going to be in net. How much does that change? The preparation, you know, they played them twice with a different goalie. How did they look at that? You know what? I, I don't know if they, they look so much at the last contest. I think they look more to what, you know, they, they obviously they're going to watch and, and see how we played against them, but they're going to watch their, their last game, see what kind of adjustments they've made since then, see what players are doing what, who's playing with who, who's, you know, what line combinations are going to match better with, with what they have going on. So I don't know how much they're going to look at the games that we played against them. I, I think they're going to be looking at the games they, they had just currently played in the round robin tournament. So I think they'll, they'll, they'll watch their first. And you know what, when, when you're talking about playoff hockey and goaltending, I mean, if you don't get to the goaltender, you don't play around the blue paint and you don't make it difficult on them it's going to be tough to win either way. So I don't know if, uh, you, you know, the game plan changes so much uh, for game one uh, with with the goaltending situation. But, uh, you know, I'm assuming if, if Grauber, uh, Grubauer has a, an outstanding game, I'm, I'm sure they'll talk about uh, different different avenues to beat him. But, you know, if I, it's still a, it's a blue paint game, get pucks to the net. And, and, you know, fast two and slow through, I guess we say, and, and uh, try to pepper as many pucks as we can to the net, make it difficult for him. Gotcha. And do you think the um, – do you th- – I'm trying to think because the Avalanche are, are typically known for that offensive prowess that they have. A lot of their big guys, I'm looking at the the line combinations now, Ian Cole and Zadorov are paired together in the third line. Um, where does that coaching – um, kind of chess match come into play where you're going to match up your different guys, but you still have to make your team uh, work just as well as if the lines were normal. You, you know, uh, our uh, our old coach in uh, in Tucson, Mike Van Ryan. I, I remember the the games that he used to play. He used to, you know, purposely put out his fourth line, which would maybe appear to be weak on paper. But he knew that he had the confidence in these guys and he knew that, uh, you know, the details of the game, they, they paid attention to. And so it threw such a curveball to the other team where they're, they're, they kept throwing out the first line out against our fourth and third line. And he looked over and he's like, isn't it, isn't it amazing? <laughs> he goes, they're so worried about putting our fourth line on. We could care less if we put our third and fourth line out there against these guys. We're, we're going we're gonna to be able to sustain uh, sustain any type of pressure we need uh, or, or take it away from them. So, you know what, I, I look at our four lines and, you know, you got to have a lot of trust in Richie playing against their top line. You know, he, he's, he's a shutdown guy. He wins faceoffs. He takes pride in his own end. It's, it's, you know, we've got a good, sh- we've got a great center and a great line that can, that can really kill some minutes. And then if you, you keep going, if you go all the way up to the top line, you got Taylor Hall and and some guys that have been, you know, Kessel has won a cup and you got uh, Dvorak that's on the first line. I mean, those guys have been uh, scoring for us. So it could go, you know, you could be, you can be cha- exchanging chances and we've got a great goalie. So like, it, honestly, it, it's, there's so much that uh, I think that we have more going for us than what people think, you know, and, and I, there's a, there's a lot of trust in the lineup. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, from home ice to, to being the visitors, how it all changes. But, you know, I, I like our, our four lines and the way they've adjusted. I mean, we've got Krauser on the third line, you know, and he's, he can take away <laughs> ice and, and play so yeah, hard. And, yeah. You know, so there's, there's a lot of good pieces that, uh, and now Vinny's back in the lineup. He's taken, he's got a lot of speed and he can shut down lines when he's detailed and, and, uh, and and going hard, you know. So it's it'll be interesting. Okay, I want to ask you about two Achilles heels that I've seen as a uh, as a couch coach. will call me. <laughs> um, what I've seen from the Coyotes uh, Achilles heel is two things, and I've seen this for a little while now, and I don't know if it's inexperienced or not, but they seem to have lulls. 
I, I think you maybe call it a rope a dope, but um, they, yeah. they have these these spans where where they just don't seem to be engaged. Uh, whether it's the start of a period or start of a game or whatever, uh, how do you coach that out of it? That's part one, and then part two is um, when you look at, uh, at at a situation like with 31 seconds left, and Richie does such a great job to win that faceoff clean, and all you have to do is get it outside the blue <laughs> line. And and when I when I coach Steve I, at, at the uh, youth level. Uh, I used to just scream at my kids, use the blue line, just poke it outside the blue line, even if it's a foot, just make them regroup. Um, how, how does that happen? And, I mean, I know the game and everybody's competing on both sides, but is there anything that you can do as a coach at that level to uh, to try to make that work? <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I think that's one of Talk's biggest strengths is he actually has his thumb on who is going well and who's not going well. I think most coaches do, but a lot of coaches have a hard time putting those guys back out there if they're the bottom part of your lineup. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you're like, ah, well, he's yeah, yeah, it's I do. the third or fourth line. So in, instead of like bumping that player up and, and helping maybe Taylor Hall and Dvorak, a lot of coaches wouldn't do it. He does like, so he'll, he'll mix and, you know, he'll just throw in one guy that seems to be going that might just throw a spark at, at uh, two other players that might just be needing his help or they just may need uh, more puck time. So that guy just goes and, and gets him the puck and then it just creates a little bit of energy. So I like the way I, I love the way he watches the game and he, he has a real good feel of who's playing and who's not going. And he adjusts his lineup as the game in game. He makes a lot of good in game adjustments. I find and, and the joke is when, when we couldn't get that puck out, uh, <laughs> Halverson, it usually plays on the right side. So we're like, he never uses his forehand. So he, right. this was, if the puck had come on his backhand, that would have been easily out, outside the blue line, like you say. I mean, that's the objective, right? First, just let's just get it across the blue line. But for us, he, he plays, I don't know if you guys know, but he plays the offs. The off, yes. uh, the off side. Right. So he's a lefty playing the right side. And on the face off, he actually lined up on the left side, which is completely to your advantage, you know, having it on your forehand and taking it out. But he's used to taking, you know, using his backhand. So I, we joked about, you know, he didn't know what to do with it. But Well, uh, well I, I screamed at my TV for two things. I said, somebody just bowl over. I think it was Roman Yossi that had the puck right on the blue line and, and, you know, with 31 seconds, I would have taken my chances on pushing him over at, at all costs. And then the second time I screamed was, how do you let Philip Forsberg be the guy that beats you? I mean, <laughs> oh, I know. Of, of all the guys on the ice, he would have been yeah. the one guy that I would have smothered somehow, some way. Totally. I, I feel like, why not just dive at, at, at uh, who was it, Ellis at the back end, wasn't it? Maybe it was Ellis back there, yes. It yeah, was I Ellis, yeah. I, I think, yeah, just, you know, when you look in hindsight, just – Go out and dive out at the guy. Like lay down like you're blocking a shot. There's no way that gets around you. Or like you said, just steamroll him. But, yeah, I mean uh, it's 31 seconds, right? So I mean, what's the worst that can happen to you? I've, I, that's what's going through my head anyway. But totally, totally. I, I'm not sure if he was looking at the puck and waiting for a bounce or or what. But yeah, I agree. Just do everything you can to try to get the the body on the blade and or the body on body, and just don't let him make the play. You know, but yeah, and, and of all people, right, Forsberg sitting off to the right of the net and just ready to rip one. And, and you knew that was coming. You could see it a mile away. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. You know what? But it's it's all about entertaining, right? We want, exactly. <laughs> we, were, we were trying to that make it is. entertaining. Yeah, we're, we're trying to, well, we weren't selling tickets, but. My, my uh, blood pressure would tell you something differently, though, even, and I'm a fan, so. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, it wouldn't yeah. be as good if it was just a, uh, a regulation win. It's sweeter when it's an overtime win. You know what? Honestly, there is something to be said about that, right? Like, to. At that point, they've got all the momentum. They're feeling so good. And then to be able to just switch that energy and just take it from them, it's it's awesome. It's so good. And then now, like, you've just created that belief. Now you believe that, hey, any game we can it, we can win, you know? We can win. We've been up. We've been down. We've been – I mean, they outplayed us for a, a large portion of a lot of those games. And, I mean, we were resilient. And obviously, it starts with our goaltending making saves. He hides a lot of mistakes. But – um, you know, you, you still have to be able to head north and put the puck in the net. And, you know, we, we, we did it. So, and you know what? The other thing too is now there's no asterisks. 
you know, now there's no asterisks. It's not yeah. the playoff. We are in the playoffs yeah. now, you know, we've, I think, I'm sure you guys would have talked about this as we went on, but like, what a good feeling now to just remove that asterisk and actually say we're in the playoffs. So yeah, definitely. I, I wanted I wanted to ask you that question too. Sorry, Zach, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, no, you're I just okay. Wanted, I just wanted to ask you, Steve, about that. The difference between a a, a best of five and a best of seven is there a, a different mentality as a player, as a coach, uh, either one because it's a best of seven versus best of five. You know, it really shouldn't be. It really shouldn't be. It happens a lot quicker. So, you, you know, there is, there's definitely no time. I, I did feel, I do feel for some reason, for whatever it is, it is the hardest thing to close out a game for, you know, like yeah. Yeah, I hear you. your fourth game. It just, it, it's the hardest, it's the hardest thing. And I think as the playoffs go on, it just becomes such a, a chess match. And, you know, like it, it's, it's it's far harder on your body and it's far harder mentally, you know. And I, you know, we're only talking about two less games, you know. Right. But it's it just you're you're not just you're not mentally fit, as fatigued, you know. You, you're still you you still have the energy source. You're still saying positive things. You're still, you know, it's it's just a shorter amount of time, so things happen quicker. But yeah, I don't I don't know if there's you know less or more adjustments or how, you know, if you prepare any differently, it's, it's just, it's quicker. You just got to be on it. There's just no time to, to waste really every, every second counts in every game, but I would imagine it's just a, a little bit more heightened, but I, I don't know how they would prepare any differently for a five game over a seventh game or yeah, you know, a seven game series. And we had talked yesterday. We had a, a welcome back to hockey special podcast yesterday, where we kind of wrapped up the play-in series, and we had talked about some of the keys that the Coyotes would would need to do to to, to win the series. And it's obviously like stay out of the penalty box, uh, make sure you slow down the offense, don't get caught up in the speed game, play their game. What's something that you think specifically um, that the Coyotes can do? to really kind of turn the tables on the avalanche and, and make them play the coyotes game. Yeah. I, I think you, you said it right. I think, you know, they're, they're so offensively charged and I, I think their power play during the season was not that great, but nevertheless, you don't want those offensive guys to have the puck and you don't want them, you know, feeling good about it. And, and, you know, with time and space and that power play obviously can create a lot of energy and momentum for a team. I think they, they finished, I don't know what it was. I think they were 19th or 20th in the league and we were 18th or 19th in the league, something like that on, on the power play. So I think it's almost evenly matched, but you know, I, I just, I don't want to give those guys much energy when it comes to, you know, puck time or possession time. I think the goals against, you know, we were, we were better than they were. I think we were fourth and I'm looking at it right now. They're sixth. So, you know, our goals against is, is slightly better. Their goals for their fourth in the league were 23rd. So we obviously have to limit that ozone time that they have. You know, I, I like what you said, um, Scott, we, we got to clear the zone. We got to try to make passes and break the puck out. There's no doubt about it. That's got to be our first option. But if there is no play, frustrate them by letting let you know just getting it out and having them have to break out against five of our guys i think if uh you know eventually there's going to be mistakes we'll be able to counter and, and try to get some offense off the rush but uh i think that's basically what we kind of saw with nashville uh, you know they they're in our zone a lot they had a lot of possession time and and they did get some shots thankfully they didn't have third or fourth shots or you know too many second opportunities they had you know, Kemp's had to make a big save. And then from there we took over. And I think you saw the same thing in Toronto. Their possession time versus Columbus was, I mean, it, it was completely lopsided. Toronto spent half the game, more than half the game in, in the Columbus owner with the puck. And uh, if we can keep them to the outside and, you know, play a, play an inside game when we get to the Ozone, but there's if, if the offensive guys don't score, they can they get frustrated. You know, right. if they don't have time and space with the puck, they get frustrated. You know, so I, I think if 
the biggest thing is trying to eliminate their time and space, keep them to the outside, and then catch them in a three-quarter ice game. And if we do that, we'll, we'll capitalize on some of their mistakes, and I think we'll, be, uh, we'll, we'll get a couple uh, offensive zone entry goals, and you know maybe we'll capitalize on our power play. Okay, I want to ask you this too uh, quickly as a coach. Um, we know there's no home ice advantage with the crowd, but home ice and the ability to line match, uh, how important does that become in a playoff game versus maybe, say, a, a regular season game? Um, it, it, it's a difference maker, isn't it? Or am I just seeing it from a different angle? No, it's, it's definitely a difference maker. I, you know, line matchups are, are key. So, if, you know, any, of course we want to, you know, when you're at home, you're feeding off a lot of times the energy from the crowd. But, uh, yeah, having the proper line matches, coaches, they, they, that's how they make their living. You know, they, 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 they have an, a real way of trying to get into the other coaches' heads, you know. And it's such a, it's, it's such a great chess game to actually watch the two teams get after. Because if, if you pay too much attention to it, it can actually take the steam and the energy away from, from your team also. So if you're the visiting team, you're not getting your matchup, like, don't worry about it. Play, you know, play, play fast, play hard, you know, get pucks in, get pucks out, just keep it simple and just minimize all the mistakes, you know. And then you see it on the other side when you do get your line matches on a, you know, when you're at, at home or you have home ice advantage, you know, you, you see a lot of the um, – the opportunities that you can create with getting a tired line out there, you know, versus even if it's their top line versus our, our third or fourth line, you can see, you can just really take advantage of that last change, no matter of, you know, who's on the ice and who you're playing against. So it, it is fun to watch it, especially in the playoffs when you're, when you have two teams going at it for seven games and, and you, I just love seeing the one-on-one -on -one battles, you know, cause you're going to, you're going to see it again in game two and you want to see how, uh, each player reacts. Is he going to be as hard on him or is he going to lay off a little bit, you know, or how the other guy uh, that's been defeated the game before, is he, how is he going to respond? It's, this is the most fun time of year and to see the matchups with the coaches going back and forth and, and the players going back and forth and, and competing. It's, it's such a fun time of year. And the goalies too, like seeing how they, you know, love to compete against each other. You, you know, they're looking down the other right, the other end, right. right? Like Freddie Anderson, I just felt like at some point during that, that series, like our guys have the puck and we're shooting and we're, we're not scoring. I have to make the next save. I have to make the next save. Yeah. You know, it can turn a series. So it's, it's fun to watch. All right, final question for me, and then I'll let Zach uh, end it with you tonight, Steve. But uh, my question is, you've seen a lot of these young guys, and you've worked with a lot of these young guys in Tucson, and I'm thinking of guys like Christian Fisher and Krauser and, and Dvorak and, and guys like that. Uh, if you could pick out one or two guys that you think might be difference makers in this uh, seven-game series, who, who are you looking at? Who do you think is ready to make that move, make that step? Well, the guy that I worked the most with was was Connor Garland, and he's I spent three years with him prior to one year prior to being a coach, and then two years with him behind the bench. So I've seen, you know, obviously everybody has seen this. I mean, he doesn't need many chances, and he can turn the series really quickly, just like he did with us in Nashville or versus Nashville. He scored the game winning goal, and you know, at that point, I think we were, you know, getting outplayed severely, and. He made one move and toe dragged it around a, a stick and shot it far side and it went in. So I think he's definitely one of those guys that can can turn the series for us. He's gonna he's a difference maker. Uh, and you know I, I really like the way Christian Fisher has been playing. You know I, I obviously Dvorak's been playing very well as you know as well. But I, I like the way Fisher came into this series. You know he, I don't think he finished the season the way he would have liked to. I don't think the confidence was as high. I think talk uh, putting him up in the lineup to start the series on the third line really instilled some confidence in him. I felt like he uh, he had earned some trust back from from talk, and he's been running with it. I think he's been creating some energy for the boys. He's he's got that ability to to be hard on the forecheck and take the body and wear down the the opposition's D men. So. You know he can be he can be a factor for a third and fourth line for sure. You, you need a guy like that to 
to, you know, not necessarily score you goals, but you want him to wear down the other team. You want them to feel every time he's on the ice that, that he's going to, he's going to lay a body and, you know, he may not show up on the scorecard at the end of the night, but um, he's going to, he's going to make it hard for you. And in fact, I think it was in game three, he made that nice play off the face off and we all went in and, uh, and scored. So uh, yeah, it was great, great play. So he, he's, uh, he's one guy I think to keep, keep an eye on and, and uh, definitely Connor Garland. Can't argue that. Zach, wrap it up if you got a good one. Yeah, so um, the Coyotes have uh, Soderberg, who played a very similar role with the team that you guys will be facing in the Avalanche. He played that uh, third, fourth line center to shut down, be a big body in the middle. Um, how much does that help having a player from – uh, the opposing team the previous year, does that give any kind of quote-unquote advantage? Do, do you let that player lead a little bit more in the locker room, ask him to be more vocal, put some input in? How does that work from a coach's standpoint? You know, I guarantee the coaching staff has already brought him in and they they probably they got every scoop they possibly could from them to see what uh, what they do in a lot of situations. There's no doubt about that. So it's one, it's definitely a, a, an advantage to have somebody that's played in the, in the lineup. And I mean, just the, just him alone, having, you know, played with those guys and, and know what kind of tendencies they have, you know, what, what, what is this guy not like, <laughs> you know, yeah, he, how to like, put him in those uncomfortable <laughs> situations. Yeah, exactly. And how does he respond to it? You know, or like, is he one of those guys that you just kind of leave alone and let him be, don't poke him. Or is he one guy that you got to, got to keep, you have to keep on him and really agitate him. So yeah, from that standpoint, it can, it can, it can definitely help. And Soda, he's Soderbergh's just such a professional. You, you look at his, his stats year in and year out. He's, you know, he's, he's just a quiet leader that just gets the job done. He's always a plus player. He scores goals and, you know, he, he can, he can play the wing. He can play center. He can kill penalties and he can, he can be in front of the net on the power play. So, you know, he, he's one of those silent type players that can just, you know, they'll, he'll slit your throat with a feather. You won't even know, <laughs> you know, so he's, he's a pleasure to have on the team. That was a, that was a big signing for us a couple of years ago. Okay. So by my count, as I look at the, uh, the graphics, we got a game, uh, August 12th, 14th, 15th, and then game four on the 17th. So, um, if we wrap those things up, uh, we'll see you next Monday. Oh, that'd be that'd be <laughs> unreal. Yeah. How we're can not you gonna, say no? Exactly. We're not going to break this up. If uh, if this is what it takes to uh, to keep things rolling, we're going to keep uh, you on tap as long as you want to come on, my friend. So thanks again for stepping in with us. As always, I appreciate it. I know uh, our listeners love hearing your insight. And uh, go Yotes, right? Oh, totally, totally. Love to be back. So fun being out here. I, I have to apologize for some of the long-winded <laughs> answers. I don't know if Zach got any time this time. I, I don't know. And, and, I, and that might have been part of my plan. Just to <laughs> talk. <laughs> I knew that I was it. <laughs> I so, love it. Well, I, I say so go Yotes and, and howl yeah, right? Is that the, that's the mantra right now is howl yeah. So let's uh, – Let's see what happens as uh, as hockey gets underway tomorrow. The Coyotes again on uh, a Wednesday afternoon, and, and the way the schedule makers made it, I, I'm a happy man because they have both of our teams uh, playing different days, and they're giving the Coyotes those afternoon games, which I really like because I think they're accustomed to those now, as we talked about uh, last show. But thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing all your insight, and uh, you know when that text message comes, don't ignore me. <laughs> so fun so fun no i won't hey we, we've been on a run since then we'll just keep texting away all right <laughs> steve Botman from the uh, arizona coyotes and tucson roadrunners we always appreciate his insight uh, always great stuff uh let's take another quick break and then zach and i will be back to uh, to wrap everything up on another edition of professional hockey southwest weekly Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our Three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. 
And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Zach Bondrant, down in Chandler, Arizona. It's still a toasty 100-plus degrees here at about uh, 827 or whatever it is in the evening. But, uh, Zach, break it down for us a little bit. You've uh, been putting everything together for us and done a great job with the graphics and everything else. Uh, we talked a lot last night about the matchups, but uh, just a quick recap about uh, – both sides, if you can. Who do you like on, on both sides of the uh, the brackets? Um, for the East, I really like the the Flyers. Um, I I'll be honest, I, I they surprised me in taking the number one seed, but also Boston kind of surprised me in falling that far down. Um, so I think it was Paul alluded to it. They may be sandbagging. I highly doubt it, but who knows? Um, it isn't <laughs> right. it, like we. Talked on the on the podcast tonight. Line line matchups are a chess match, so maybe maybe exhibition games, plans, and and qualifiers are all just chess matches too. But um, I like the Flyers. Um, I like Columbus maybe making a deep run in the in the playoff bracket and the Hurricanes. I'd really like to see them uh, make a run in the East as well. For the West, um, it's going to be hard to get past the Golden Knights. Um, and honestly, hearing some insight from the Coyote standpoint, maybe the Avalanche aren't as ironclad as I had previously thought. Um, I wasn't, I definitely don't think it's a gimme for this series because I mean, the Coyotes can steal anything from you. But like I said, hearing some insight, um, from that perspective could potentially, it could really change the way I look at the, at the series. Um, besides Vegas, um, I really, I really think Vegas has got a pretty good stronghold on the West. Um, it's going to be hard to get past them. So I think Vegas and maybe Philly. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you uh, on both of those. I, I think that in the West, Vegas has got an easier path, obviously number one versus eight, and I don't know that Chicago is going to be able to continue to hang on. I mean, they, they won that series with Edmonton because they could score goals and, and neither team could stop them. They just outscored them. Um, so I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Vegas. And then uh, Colorado and Arizona is going to be a lot of fun. I think it's seven games. Uh, I joked with Steve about it, maybe going just four, but but realistically, I think it's a seven gamer. And then uh, when I look at the other two, Zach, and here's where I think it gets it, it gets kind of wound down. Uh, those other four teams, and I'm talking Calgary and Dallas, St. Louis, and Vancouver, they are going to beat each other up because yeah, they yeah. Uh, they play uh, really quick, fast, but also hard hitting physical game. And I don't know. Whoever survives those two series, I don't know if they're going to come out in the in the healthiest. Where I think, you know, Vegas is going to knock on wood. I guess stay relatively healthy against Chicago, and I don't think uh, Colorado and and Arizona are going to beat each other up. I think it's going to be more of a, a track meet type thing, um, and, yeah. and maybe getting in the way, but not physical. So, I mean, I, I could see whoever comes out of those other two series being in a lot of trouble. Uh, health wise and, and just being, you know, seven games run down. 
Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the bracket, it's kind of unfortunate that the Avalanche didn't seed lower or vice versa, the Knights didn't seed lower, because that could be a, a Western Conference final. That's probably the one that uh, the fans would deserve the most, deserve being a loosely coined term. But, um, I mean, yeah, talking about St. Louis and Vancouver, um, that's there's a lot of big bodies on both those sides, Calgary and Dallas. Um Dallas is a mean, nasty team. I still think Calgary is going to pull it off. But yeah, if 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 the Stars play that mean, nasty game, uh, the Flames might be pretty darn tired. And then they got to go up against either St. Louis or Vancouver, both very skilled teams. So um, it's it's going to be kind of interesting. The West is probably definitely the more. Uh, the more competitive I think in the NHL right now. Um, but this, like a lot of the, the top teams are, are seated kind of interestingly. So um, it, it's going to make for some really good hockey and same, same thing with the East. It's, but I, I think it's going to be Carolina Philly and, and that's going to be a really awesome conference final series. Yep. Very well said. Okay. Um, we had the uh, supplemental draft, so we'll end it on that. The number one pick goes to the New York Rangers, much to the chagrin of uh, my Tuesday night co-host, Paul Hornstein. <laughs> but uh, you and I are both smiling because it didn't end up in Edmonton, and that would have uh, made a frown on our faces for quite some time. You you even threatened to rant. So um, I'll let you close <laughs> it up. I don't uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you don't rant at all. So uh, and, and if there's a reason to rant, it would be at me for all the work I pile on you. But – Thank you for all you do. Uh, Great job with all the graphics. Just keep them rolling. We'll keep putting them up. Get to the website, icetimehockeysw.com, and and make sure you check out our podcast. Download them and uh, subscribe and and pay attention because we've got more good stuff coming your way um, at the end of this week, too. I'll let you know. Um, So go ahead and take it away with your read, and we'll say goodnight uh, with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers and a little De Niro. Sounds good. So Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has brought has been brought to you by Bell Ford, presenting partner of the new season of Sunday Specials. The Arizona Ford Giant voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona by Arizona Business. Asked to see our friend Kevin Wood, tell him Ice Time Hockey Southwest sent you. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. Between our long list of craft beers and fresh handcrafted made-to-order burgers, who knows how many times you can order the same thing and not have the same thing twice. By OxyPow, clean your gear, clean clean your skin with our all-natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Sprint, a brighter future for all. See Andre in the Paradise Valley at Cactus and Tatum and let him find the right deal for you. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Discover what we call barbecue, Las Vegas style. Call us at 1-702-541-5546 or go to JesseRay'sBarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, it's all about the butt. Buy summer skates, shower shoes, koozies, and more. Show your game in comfort and style. Visit summerskates.com. Win your summer skates prize pack with the hashtag pucks on the pod. Behind the Mask, where we guarantee to match on any authorized dealer's price. Go to behindthemask.com for details and see what's new for the upcoming season. By College Bar and Grill, call 1-480-588-6451 to pick up dinner on your way home. College Bar and Grill, by ASU fans for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop for all ASU hockey merchandise. At Roger Klein's Tequila, go to MexicanMoonshine.com and find the award-winning taste for your style. Buy M-Drive, go to mdriveformen.com, use the promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. Buy Ice Scottsdale and Chandler, check out our website for skating availability. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all our Ice Time Hockey Southwest podcasts are live every week on Podbean app and available for download at iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySouthwest.com network. All right, very well done. Check out social media, the Instagram account, the uh, Facebook account, the Twitter account. We've got some great stuff coming up tomorrow for you. Uh, in addition to our College Hockey Southwest Weekly Podcast, we will have our picks out before the start of the games tomorrow. So find out what your favorite host picked and uh, pick against us if you'd like. 
All right, that's uh, that's it for tonight. So uh, again, big thank you to Steve Potvin for joining us with the uh, Arizona Coyotes and Tucson Roadrunners. For my co-host Zach Bondurant, Scott Strandy saying good night with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers and a little De Niro for us. <laughs>